Father, we do stand in awe of you today. Father, we praise you for the power of your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would help me to minister what it is that you have given me to give to your people this day, O God, and cause our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us in this holy season of Lent. We just give you praise in Jesus' name. I want to minister this morning on the subject of how shall I stand? Do you ever just go through a difficulty? Uh, there's children downstairs if she wants to go. Yeah. Have you ever just gone through a heartache or a strife or um, a problem, a difficulty, and you just wonder, you know, well, how am I going to get through this? Anybody or just me? And uh, sometimes when you get in that position, you just want to know, how, how am I going to cope with this? How am I going to stand in the midst of what it is the enemy is waging against me? Because anything that's negative, anything that's painful, anything that's stressful is ordered by the enemy and is t- tormenting God's people. And so uh, you ask that question in your heart, how, how shall I stand? How shall I deal with this? And, of course, this is the Lenten season. We're celebrating the the time of spring and all of the glorious things that's happening. I'm so glad for the light because it helps me to drive better than at night. And I just thank God every time I get in my car and I can go because it's light. Thank you, Jesus, for the light. Lenten season is a time for spring house cleaning. Do you ladies ever do house uh, spring house cleaning? Well, it's time to clean the temple. So that includes the fellows. That includes everybody. It is a season to cleanse our temple. It's a season to stop and evaluate where we are spiritually. Now, I know that as soon as we start talking about that, it's just, okay, I can do that. No, no. This takes a cleansing. You know, spring cleaning is getting down into the cracks and the crevices and cleaning the house deeply and God speaks to us in this season and and uh, it is a special holy season it's that time to look into the mirror and say who am I in God and how much growth do I need because you know church just because we're saved we can't just sit here and just be saved we've got things to do for the kingdom of God plus the enemy is approaching us daily He wants to pursue us. He wants to overtake us. He wants to divide us. He wants to kill us. He wants to destroy us. And so all the time we're in warfare. All the time we're in struggle. And we don't struggle against God. We struggle against principalities and powers. The word says that there are wicked places in the world today. And how many know that's the truth? And I tell you something. We're in in deep trouble in our country when we start to mess with the creative force of God. You cannot touch the creation of God. And as as a the uh, company as the country begins to talk about creation and and go into transgender and all those kinds of things, you know they're messing with the power of God and the creation of God. So we need to say to ourselves, How shall I stand? In this generation, how shall I cope with what is going on and how shall I stand for Christ in the midst of all the difficulties? Because that's part of our salvation, that we stand for Christ and that we take a stand and that we know who we are in Christ and what is the testimony of our life in Christ. 
So we're thankful this morning for the overcoming power of God. If Jesus hadn't died on the cross, we wouldn't have salvation. We wouldn't have the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't have the overcoming power. We need that overcoming power today. Do I get an amen on that? We need to overcome, and we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. What is our word today? What is our testimony today? And how shall I stand in the midst of such a corruption that's going on in our society today? But we who are lovers of Christ in this holy season, we are commissioned to draw nigh to God. That's what he says. The word of God says, draw nigh to God and what? I will draw nigh to you. This is the season of drawing nigh to God, evaluating our Christian experience, our Christian conduct, and who we are in Christ. And the, Jesus said in Luke twenty-two nineteen, he said, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Somebody said, what is Lent? It's, it, is it Catholic? And I said, no, Lent is spring. Is spring Catholic? I think spring is for all of us, church. So this is the Lenten season. It's called, it, it's a season of repentance. It's a season on the church calendar that we come and we bow before God and we, we recognize that there are shortcomings in our life and we want to uh, cause ourselves to grow spiritually. We can't just stay where we are. How many know that? You don't let you go to a job, you get tired of staying where you are and you want to go up and you want to do something else or you want to change or you want to make more money. You always want to do something more in the flesh. How about us wanting to do something more in the spirit? How about us wanting to uh, take the gifts of the spirit and operate the gifts of the spirit in our life and to know that God is for us and no weapon that's formed against us is going to prosper. And I don't care what happens in our world or what they do or what they say or what the fear uh, is that the devil does because the devil is out to pursue God's people. So, yes, you have trouble and yes, you have strife and yes, you have and yes, you have difficulties but greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world and that's been on my heart for for some time but the season is to remember him somebody said well those are traditions you know and and they just get old no this is not a tradition church this is the son of the living god that died for our salvation and he wants us to shore up our salvation to grow in him to be more tomorrow than we was yesterday and that is a responsibility on the life of his people and jesus said remember me so the church calendar is about remembering him and you know people some pastors don't don't really care about it because it 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 it, it frames you in and makes you say okay this season i got to pre- pre- uh, preach about repentance well yes we do we need to pre- preach about repentance because the church of Jesus Christ at large is lazy. It is not doing the work of the kingdom. Because if it was doing the work of the kingdom, we wouldn't have the corruption in our society that we have. Because Christians have not stood up for what they believe or for what is right. And the Bible is the road map, not the county uh, conservatives who set the plan for the, for the path that we take through our land. So God is speaking to us today. In this season, it's a season that we come to to grow in God, to stand to stand for something, to stand for the power and the anointing of God that is in the earth. Now, we can just be a Christian and escape hell, or we can be a Christian and be mighty for the kingdom of God. So the hour is upon us. 
to remember Jesus. We have Holy Communion today to remember him. Somebody said to me when I said it's a season to remember Jesus, they said, well, that's communion. Well, communion is our life, church. Communion is everything. Communion is the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, remember me. Take time out of your schedule to remember me. Come to yourself and come to repentance and come to honor me and come to admit what is going on in my life and hold and stand strong for God. So there, there's a call from the heart of God, I believe, today to stand strong. Everything around us, the world is so anxious and so struggling and so tried and there's so much going on in the world. But I tell you something, the word of God says, watch ye stand fast in the faith and don't quit. This is a season when you feel like there are seasons in our life when we feel like quitting. But this is not the season to quit. This is a season to come before the Lord in humility and own own what is going on in our life if it's not holy and come to a new commitment to Christ. I can't say this enough. First Corinthians sixteen thirteen says, watch ye stand fast in the faith. Don't quit. Be strong. Do I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Help me. Help me. In this hour of corruption, can we stand strong? Or do we just go along with what is happening? We don't partake of it, but it's just happening and we just let it go along. Instead of standing up for righteousness, standing up for truth, standing up for the word of God, standing up for what a Christian should be in this hour That is so formidable. Now, I tell you something. When we don't quit, we have to do something. Because if we don't quit and we just do nothing, we get into serious trouble. So uh, the Word of God says, and this is Old Testament, Nehemiah 9.5. He says, stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Blessed be thy glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. Can you imagine in the middle of a crisis that you just stand up straight and believe that God is going to, he's more powerful, that everything is possible with God. You know, all things are possible with God. And the Bible te- teaches us to stand up and take our place in God. and Do not let the enemy override us, overtake us, uh, mess with us, but stand strong in the power of the God. In this hour of corruption, we have got to take a stand. We cannot just go along and be caught up with the crowd as they go down the road to hell. We have to take a stand. We have to stop. And all that power of the world will come behind you and push at you. But it's not a day of argument. It's just a day of standing true to God and being a Christian that God has called you to be. And I tell you something, church. The church is being evaluated today like it's never been before. God is putting us through the test. Will we stand for him? Will we t- will we have a voice for the power and the anointing of God? He says, stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Blessed be thy glorious name, which is exalted. And there is nothing nor blessing or praise higher than the exalted name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If this is an hour of corruption in our society. And we must stand firm. Psalm 94, 16. This is David. And he says, who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Because what's coming against the church is evil. It's, this, it's the evil doing of the enemy to, 
to suppress the power and the anointing of God and to suppress our hope and our grace and our peace and our mercy and just to make us worry and fret and stew. And church, that's a sin. We've got to begin to stand up for God in the midst of our crisis, in the midst of the things that are going on in our world. And if everything's going on in your life, get on your knees and pray for the world. Pray for those that are lost and dying and going to hell. And get on, get, get on your knees to, to, to support what it is that you believe in humility and pray and seek God with all of your heart. You know, the verse says, who will rise up for me against evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? I have the answer for you today, church. You know, have you ever felt that way? You're just alone. You're just the enemy is attacking you and you're just alone in all of the crisis that's going on around you. But there is one who will stand up for you. The word of God says, and David said, unless the Lord had been my help, my soul almost dealt in silence. That's where the church is today. We are bombarded with the works of darkness and we are almost silent. The only thing that's standing up is that we go to church, we try to do what God has asked us to do, but we have to become an overcomer and be powerful in our conduct that the world might see Christ in us. And they might say, what is going on with them? What is going on? And and until they come and they want to know what's happening in your life. If we're sad, we say, well, I'm in a crisis, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Or we say to them, everything is good because God is for me and no weapon that's formed against me is going to prosper. I tell the church today, we have got to have a voice of Christianity in this in this country. Because, you know, the world is fastly drawing Christians away from the truth and from the power and from the strength of God. And before we know it, we're caught up in their language. We're caught up in what they're doing. We're caught up in missing church. We're, we're caught up in this and that, you know. But listen, there is no, nothing in Christ except freedom in the power and the anointing of God. There's no, no freedom in our world because our world is corrupt and fastly going to be uh, judged by God. So David said, who will stand up for me? And then he goes on immediately to say, unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have been silent. And the Lord is the one that's going to help us to not be silent. You know, in our struggles, we have to give glory to God. We have to honor God. And so unless the Lord had been my help, I've been there. Have you been there? Unless the Lord had been your help, you might not have made it. But the Lord came through and you're still here and you're still worshiping God. Now we need to spring forth in our testimony to the world and to the overcomers. You know, uh, when my daughter had an accident, and you know this, Cherry, you know, she was going down the aisle and these three ladies saw her. And they said, oh, honey, you, mu- you must have had an accident because she had all this stuff on her. And they st- stood in the in the uh, aisle at the store and prayed down Holy Ghost fire of healing on her. Now, church, that's what it means to be a Christian. If you see something, you know, the world's got that thing. If you see something, say it. No, if you see something, put the power and the anointing of God upon it and, and stand forth in, in what you believe and who you are because we are the righteousness of God in Christ and we have a power and anointing in us to help people. And God wants us to stand forth. He said, you know, who would have helped me? And then he said, oh, 
the Lord has been my help. If he had not been my help, I would have almost been quiet. I would have almost thought negative stuff. I would have almost given up. But the Lord was my help. And the Lord is our help today if we will stand for him. David said, the Lord held me up in the multitude of my thoughts within me. Thy comforts delight my soul. That little passage of scripture will preach right there. You see what he's saying? He says, the help that I had, I needed help because the thoughts that were in my mind, were I was struggling with them. I was hurt with them. The enemy was warring with my flesh. And the, the scripture says, you know, the multitude of my thoughts within me. The Lord comforted my thoughts. The Lord brought delight to my soul. And church, that's the only comfort that we can have in this day with everything the way it is in our world. You know, this is not my world. This is not where I grew up. This world has so changed and the works of darkness have so you know, pitted themselves against the Christianity. You know, I don't know if you understand this, but somewhere along the line, they're trying to put down Christianity. They're trying to pollute the church world. They're trying to take away the word of God. And all these things are coming down the tube. And we need to be able to stand for the righteousness of God. We need to be able to stand for the word of God and say sin is sin. You know, they just can't go along and live however they want like the world and say, I wear a cross and I love God and God understands my heart. Church, God does understand their heart and he knows their heart is far from him. You know, we cannot be polluted. We cannot have a sin life. We cannot do that just all the time and habitually. We have to concern ourselves with asking God to make us better spiritually, to grow in God. I, it is heavy on my heart today as I see the things that are in our world and coming down and affecting our young people. You know, our young people don't have the same uh, morals that we had when we were young. They don't, the morality is gone from our society today, church. And they say they love God and they just, they just ooze with love for God, but they don't serve Him with a whole heart. They don't serve Him in purity and righteousness. And you know what? There's no way to the kingdom, church. You can't go into the kingdom of God just because you say you're a Christian. You have to live it. You have to act it. You have to grow in it. You have to be, you know, you have to be activated in the power and the anointing of God. And God wants us to come out from among the world and be separate and show that we're separate and we're not like the world. That doesn't mean we're supposed to crawl down their face and scream at them because they're in sin. But we need to have an aura about us that they know that that's not right. When they come into our presence, they know that there's a conviction in their heart. There's no conviction in our young people today. And we need to pray and seek God that we will have the aura of God about us that bring conviction to our young people. And our children will grow up the way that we grew up, trusting God and going to church and believing God and knowing no, no, no means no, no, no. Unless the Lord had been my help, Unless the Lord is our help in this generation, we will lose them. The Lord wants to uh, revive our children and make preachers out of them. And the enemy wants to destroy them and make them do unseemly things in their life. The mercy, the Bible says, David said, the mer- Thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. And in the multitude of my thoughts, they must have been negative thoughts. And in the multitude of my thoughts... You know, you came to me, you held me up, 
and you comforted me and the delight and, and your comfort was a delight to my soul. We need to feel that comfort when we go through the changes of our life. We need to feel that comfort when the enemy comes against us. Consider the thought life of the Old Testament, Nehemiah 9.3. This is what they did. They stood up and they read in the book of the law of the Lord their God one-fourth part of the day. And another fourth part they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. God wants our worship. God wants our attention, church. It's hard to stay in, uh, attentive th- these days because the enemy forces himself against us that just to lack focus when it comes to the things of God. You know, I think so much of my mother today, you know, how that whatever I got into, I always got a spiritual lecture. Then I might got a smack on the wrist, but mostly I got a spiritual lecture. And I think that that's just as important as the rod. Because if we will give them the word and set them down and explain how they hurt the heart of Christ and cause them to desire Christ more than the things that are going on in the world. And I pray for our school system. I pray for all those kinds of things. Such hideous things are going on in our world and we need the power and the anointing and the testimony of God. Thank God for the parents that will stand up and say, no, my kids can't read those books. No, my kids can't watch that. And if I have to go to Christian school, I will. Or if I have to teach them myself, I will. But I will stand against the wickedness and the evil that's coming down the tube for our children. But they stood up and they read the word of God. Why did they do that? Because that made them strong in the difficulty and in the wars of the Old Testament. You know, they had war after war after war. They had just like today, we have wars and rumors of wars. And bless Israel, they are in war. You know, all of these kinds of things. And they just stood up and they read the word of God to be enforced by something more powerful than the works of darkness. We're commissioned to stand for the Lord. We're commissioned to stand up for God and stand up for where we are today and stand up against the works of darkness. I can't say that enough to you today because it's so deeply upon my heart as I see the the news and those kinds of things. And we don't watch the news to be fearful. We watch the, the news to be in the know of how to pray, how to ask God to cover this with his blood, how to know what they're doing to our children. You know, a lot of this stuff, this woke stuff, it's all come down the tube and nobody noticed. And now it's here and now it's taking root and now it's taking privileges that we do not want those kinds of things to have. Romans 5, 2 and 5, it says, By Jesus we have access by faith into grace wherein we stand. Now, you see, God graces us. We make mistakes, church. Right. We make mistakes, but God graces us. He gives us mercy. He forgives us. You know, we can go before him in humility and bow before him and he will cleanse us and he will give us a a clean slate and he'll build something powerful in us. We need the power and the anointing of God that once was at Azusa Street. We need the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to to revive the church of Jesus Christ. You know, it used to be when you met anybody, it was all about Jesus. We talked about Jesus, where we've been, what was going on in church, what's the Lord saying. You know, today it's all about everything but that. And I want to say to the church today, 
that we need to stand in the grace and the faith. It says, by Jesus, we have access by faith and grace within we stand. Romans 5, 2 and 5, mark that down, church. And we rejoice in hope, which is the glory of God. How many want the glory of God in your life? To get that glory, we need to rejoice in the hope. We need to rejoice in the grace. We need to rejoice in the mercy. All these gifts God gives us, but we see the works of darkness more than we see the gifts of God. The gifts of God are there to strengthen us, to empower us, to bring us through the crisis of the day. And I believe that when Christianity begins to raise up a voice against the evil and the wickedness, God will move in our nation. We are one nation under God, but that's not just who we are. We are a born-again Christian. He lives in us. He doesn't just, we are not just one nation under God. He lives within us, the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit lives within us. The scripture goes on to say, you know, that we stand and we rejoice in hope and the glory of God. It says we glory, or I like to say we praise in tribulations. How many has had a moment of praising in your tribulation? You know, the word of God says that we glory, we praise in tribulation, knowing that tribulation works patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope causes the love of God to be shed abroad in our hearts. I tell you something, church, when the love of God spreads abroad in our heart, there will be changes in our life. We will change things in our life. There's little petty things that the enemy messes with in our life to try to spoil the vine. But I tell you something, church, that when you begin to go through tribulation, start trusting in God. When you begin to experience the negative things in your life, rise up, read the word of God, and bless the Lord of God, and let hope become active in your heart until the love of God is spread abroad in your heart, till there's more love of God in you than stewing and fretting and wondering and asking and questioning God at every point. Just start to love him with all of your heart. I believe that that will be an antidote for the powers of wickedness that's in our society today if the church of Jesus Christ would rise up and begin to love God with all of their heart, cleanse themselves and love God with all of their heart. Ephesians 6:13. And the question this morning before the church is how do I stand? How do I stand in the onslaught of wickedness? How do I stand in those things that are coming against me? The question is how do I stand? Well, you know what I'm going to say, Ephesians 6. Take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the evil day. And having done all stand. If this was if this was ever an evil day, it's this day, church. And he says, you know, you need to put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. I tell the church this today. Stand, having your loins girt about with truth. Having your loins girt about with wisdom, with the word of God. You know, have in your heart a desire, you know, to, to be in righteousness, to be in right standing. Righteousness doesn't make us better than anybody else. Righteousness means we're in right standing with God. And we need to have a desire. Christianity needs to have a desire to have, be in right standing before God, even though everything seems to oppress us and come against us. He says, let your feet be, be, 
shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Walk in the word. Don't walk in the circumstance. Walk in the word. And, you know, Christianity is so much more powerful than the works of darkness. But Christians do not live in the power that God has given to them. You know, I find in myself that the devil just comes against me and then I'm, woe is me. You know, and we have to rise above that. We have to stand in the faith wherein God has called us. And uh, we have to walk in the word. The word has to be our strength. And it is our strength if we can do that. So it, it's talking about our feet strawed with the, uh, shod with the pe- preparation of the gospel. I, I, I'm, I just think that Christianity has forgot to walk in the word. Because if you walk in the word, there'll be conviction, church. If you felt conviction lately at something you did or something you said or someplace you were, sometimes when you're in the midst of a, a, the worldly situation and you're, you're not really partaking, but you're just in the midst of it and you feel an unction, you feel a nudging, you, I shouldn't be here. Well, we need to respond to the power of God. You know, those thoughts that you have when you're loving God are thoughts from God. Somebody said, well, I think God said this, but I don't know. Well, do you love God? Do you trust God? Do you believe in God? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Do you believe he speaks to his people? You know, he speaks to us. We can be driving along and he can say, I think maybe you should call Aunt Irma and tell her that, you know, I'm praying for her. Well, you know, stop. Do that. Because God is speaking today and he's doing supernatural things and he will do more if God's people will grow more and be more mindful of who they are in Christ. Above all, taking the shield of faith. You know, we've, we've worked faith to death. Faith is not just demanding that God do something for you. Faith is walking it out, church. It's when you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel and you start to walk toward God and you see the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I can't say that to you enough. I know I'm speaking to the choir. I know you know this, but I want to tell you this today. There's an onslaught of the enemy that's coming toward the church and toward God's people. And we have to be ready. We have to stand strong and we have to go against the afflictions that come our way. And we have to believe that God is more important and more powerful than the works of darkness. Do I get an amen? Above all, taking the shield of faith and then you can quench the fiery darts. Those darts are coming at the church at a great speed of haste. Because he wants to destroy us. You know what he said. He said, I will do this against you and I want to destroy you. But God says, I, you're greater because I live in you. First Thessalonians 3.8 says, For now we live if we stand fast in the Lord. I, I, thought, that, I thought that was interesting. We live. Are we not living but living in Christ is different than living. You know, if we're just living, then we're being uh, pockmarked by the darts of the devil. But if we're living in the Lord, 
We're standing strong. We're, 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 we're like a beacon against the powers of darkness in our world today. He says, if for now we live, if we stand fast in the Lord. Here's a couple of thoughts to practice this as we come toward a close today. First Chronicles 23.30, it says, you ready for this? Stand every morning, this is the word of God, stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord and likewise at evening. Just stand up, crawl out of bed before your coffee and before you want to know how cold or hot it is, before you want to know the things of this world, stand and thank the Lord for the day. Thank him that you rose up. Thank him whatever health you have. Just thank him. Thank him for what it is that you have. And when you close your eyes at night, let be let it be on your mind. Thank you, Lord, I made it through this day. I pray that a lot. But you know what? I thought it was interesting that uh, Sunday school talked about this. And, and uh, uh, Beverly talked about, you know, be happy. Christians got to be happy. We have more than the world. When we walk around like we're not happy, they don't know we have the light of Christ shining in us. But when the light of Christ is there, the scripture says, be happy. Chronicles 9, 7. Happy are they and happy are the servants which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. I love it when you get a subject and you go to the Bible or I go to the computer and the Bible and I look up happy and I say, what's there that I can talk about happy? What's there that I can talk about uh, about standing? And the word of God just opens up and I've read it and read it. I read it through, but it opens up and I go like, I didn't know that was there. Be happy. It says, happy are thee and happy are thy servants, which stand continually before thee and hear the wisdom of the word. You know, you can't be happy if you don't have the wisdom of the word. Because if you don't have the wisdom of the word, you will hear every evil thing the enemy puts into your thoughts. Second Chronicles 20:17. You shall not need to fight in this battle. How many have battles? You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord will be with you. I, I just uh, t- uh, tore that out, put it on the mirror, and, uh, and then I get angry at myself. I go, I'm not even going to look at it because I know I'm wrong and I'm convicted. And then I have to look at it again and see what it says. You know, you shall not need to fight this battle. We're fighting all the time, church, because there is a warfare going on between good and evil. But we don't have to fight with all of our energy. We have to love the Lord with all of our energy. And we have to stand on the power of the word. I know you know this. But we got to do it. We can't just know it. It has to become a lifestyle in the heart of the Christian that we can overcome the difficulties and the scrimmages that the enemy sends to our lives. So he says, stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord your God. I think that means stand still and see Jesus suffering on the cross, making a way for us a better life. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord will be with you. Psalm 4, 
3 and 5, know that the Lord has set apart them that are godly for himself. When is the last time you felt set apart for God? We need to walk in that all the time. That when we got saved, God set us apart and we need to walk in his, in his footsteps. And we can't do it all at once or else we'd be raptured real quick. But we can do it step by step by step by step. We can be better tomorrow than we was today. So it says, know that you are set apart, that the godly for himself and the Lord hear when I call unto him. Verse 4, we sang this this morning, stand in awe and sin not. You know, commerce with your own heart, commune with your own heart and be still, Selah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord God. Our trust is not in our medicine. Thank God if he gave it to us. But our trust is not in that. Our trust is in the fact that he gave them the knowledge to make that. Our trust is in the fact that we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. But when we get in a crisis, we don't always call upon God. We, we have great fear and anxiety. I understand that. you know, And we have to give those fears and anxieties to God. He says, stand in awe. Just think about God forgiving you. Think about how he made you whole. Think about how it's a new day in Christ. Think about how you have eternal life. You know, people die and you stand there and you think, they didn't know Jesus, what what will happen to them? But you know, it's not enough about knowing Jesus. He must be in your heart and you must live according to his commandments. And you must follow closely after him. That's why he said, draw nigh to me. Draw nigh to me. In that crisis, in that circumstance, draw nigh to me and I will come to you. And the word of God says, stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart. Be still. It's hard to be still, isn't it? I notice this in this generation. I notice this in these days. That one can start to talk and before they finish their sentence, the other one is talking. And both are talking at the same time. And I go like, which one do I want to hear? You notice that before we can finish our thought, another person has a thought in it. And it comes, there's no standing back and waiting till somebody finishes their sentence. This is the pace that we're living in today. That we need to pace ourselves And take times to be still before God. You know, we want to hear from him all the time. I'm praying, Lord, do this. Lord, help me do that. Lord, I need this. You know, all the time we're talking, talking, talking. Just stand still. I dare you to just go to your closet and stand still for a half hour. Don't say nothing. Just get on your knees before God if you can. Or stand in his presence if you can. Don't say anything, and you will have all kinds of thoughts. They will be conflicting thoughts, the enemy's thoughts, God's thoughts, and you'll hear so much, and you'll be able to say, I know that the thoughts of God are more powerful than the works of darkness. We don't have these silences. We're busy, busy, busy people. Scripture says, be Still. And then guess what it says? Sila. Sila means, okay, be still. And when you say Sila, then you don't go on talking. 
Well, I better finish the sermon. But sila means to stand still. Take time to listen because God is speaking. He is speaking in this hour more powerful than he's ever spoke. But God's people are so busy combating the works of darkness that they don't hear his voice. Be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in God. So this morning, church, how, how do I stand? Do I stand with the breastplate of righteousness? Do I stand with my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel? How do I stand? Do I have the helmet of salvation on? That means, do I have the mind, let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus? Do I have that? Put on the whole armor of God. That's how we stand. Somebody said, put it on in the morning and don't take it off until you're in bed saying, thank you, Jesus. But on the whole arm of God that you may be able to be stand against the wiles of the devil. This is my last thought. What are the wiles of the devil? Wiles of the devil are devious, cunning. They're against the strategicness of the Christian conduct. Um, they're persuading evil thoughts. There's something to do that you don't want to do, but the devil wants you to do it. That's my thought on it. The wiles of the enemy, they're, they're horrible. And they're working quietly. And they even have signs of God's word on them. They'll quote a word at you just to get their own way. Because the devil wants his own way. He wants destruction of the church of Jesus Christ. He wants destruction. And I don't want you to go away and say, well, that was, that was a downer. You know, because I just want to warn you that that's what he wants. But we are better than that. We don't have to bow to that because God is in us and we are victorious in the power of God. And the wiles of the enemy can be uh, put to death through the blood of Jesus Christ. So just remember that we put on the whole armor of God that we can stand against the wickedness that's in our world. There's wickedness in the world. Rulers of darkness, and there's wickedness in high places and spiritual places. Can't believe everything that comes. You have to believe the power and the word of God. So Psalm 119, 117. Hold thou me up. It's David. If you read the Psalms, you'll see that David's always conflicted. David's always fighting. David's always standing for truth. David's always in trouble until God finally raised him up and performed his will toward him. I want to tell you this. David says, hold thou me up and I will have respect to thy statues. May the church of Jesus Christ come back to respect for the commandments and the things that God has taught us in the power of his word. So I want to say to the church today, Lord, you know, prepare us. That we can have opportunity to be your light in this darkness that the enemy is portraying toward the church of Jesus Christ. Wear the whole armor of God. You can't just have the knowledge. You can't just have the love. But you have to wear it all. And be shod with the preparation of the gospel. So the question before us is how do I stand? I stand in the power and the grace of God.
Father, we love you today. We thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for listening ears that we will hear and be better. Father God, that we will remember you in this season, this spring season, when you give new life. Father, give us new life, Lord. Let us spring forth, Father, in beauty, Father God, in harmony and love, O God, and stand for what is right, O God, I pray. Raise up the church of Jesus Christ in the power and the anointing. Father God, give us a happy spirit. Give us anointed spirit. Give us, a, Father God, an energy to stand strong in the face of the works of darkness, I pray. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' holy name. 